one thirteen. To what to what? I can't pass this. <laughs> okay, okay. Twenty-five. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you called on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. <clears throat> now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. Amen. Amen. Um, so I just pray for Neil as he comes up. Lord, I thank you um, that Neil has come to preach to us this morning. Lord, I thank you for the words that you have given him and the wisdom you've imparted. Lord, I just pray as a congregation we are open to hearing your words through him today. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Good to see you all. Wow. Oh, thanks for having me. I, uh, I think most of you know me, don't we? I've had, we've had too much special treatment already with all this prayer. You know, I think you're all deserving of special treatment. You are my family, and I'm so pleased to, to know you, to be here today. And most of you know that I'm not really a preacher. So, you know, bear with me. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to not follow my notes. You know that. You know that's going to happen. But God is with us. God is with us today. <sighs> So for the one or two who, who, who might need to know, I've been a minister for six whole months now. Wow. Which, of course, means that I only work on a Sunday. So I have to have loads of time the rest of the week, do whatever I want. So loads of time. Those of you who don't know me very well, love the guitar. You know, most of you do know I used to lead worship here. Um, and I'm a huge music fan, love a bit of soul music particularly. I'm really getting into some of my favourite Stevie Wonder can't be beaten. I was so privileged before we moved from here to go and see him at the NIA. Um, that was brilliant. And, and actually, that's the reason why I've got such sore hands at the moment and I'm late for everything. Not, not all the guitar playing. It's the fact that we have to sing Happy Birthday every time we wash our hands. And his version's three minutes long, isn't it? You know, it's like, Happy Birthday. Sorry, mate, I'll be just a minute. Yeah, Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. There's another sink over there. Sorry. Happy birthday. We can't escape from the current situation, can we? The, the, you know, the panic, as it were, that's happening, and the, and the fear of the unknown. But 
if, if there's any message from, from the, the passage that Jenny read is that, that we, we've got something stronger and better. And if you leave here with nothing else, I want you to know that you are protected spiritually, eternally from all known viruses. You know, this is better than Domestos. It's not 99%. It's 100%. And that's what this passage is about. So hopefully, I, you know, I get to unpack that for you today a little bit. Now, as I say, I don't do a lot of preaching. And, you know, I listen to preachers, and they always have these sermons that have three points, all starting with the same letter. So I sat down with this, and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. So I've reverted back to the, 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 the overarching principle, which you might not know, which is the three C's. Okay, so you've got to make sure your, your message has um, context, context and uh, a core message, okay? Context, core message, and there's a third one, C... Coronavirus, no. Um, Cliff Richard, no, no. Um, challenge, right, yes. You've got to make sure that there's a challenge in this. Because let's face it, you know, we want to be challenged, don't we? We don't want to drift through our life letting these circumstances hit us. So, what's the context here? Well, Mike, Brilliantly, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, he brilliant, so Mark, sorry, brilliantly laid that out a couple of weeks ago um, from, from the first few verses. Um, there's, 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 a, there's a brilliant context there already. And the brilliant thing that we believe about the, these words and this scripture and the whole Bible is that it's not just some historical document, is it? It's something that speaks to our lives right here, right now in the present day. And it it's, you know, transcends 2,000 years of history. So there's a, there's a context here, not just for the people that Peter was writing to, but that context relates to us today. So, yeah, what is that context? It really helps me... You know, as a Christian, when I put myself in the picture, when I put myself and imagine I'm the first recipient of that. Sorry, sorry, just hang on a minute. Oh, typical postman, late as ever. Postwoman, sorry. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Postperson, sorry. <laughs> I just want to recap what Mark was talking about a couple of weeks ago, if you didn't manage to get here. But as I read it, and I love doing this when I get one of these letters, when I get to read one of these letters from the New Testament, is to put myself in the picture. And as I did it with this, I thought, wow, this really is a message for me. Hopefully, something in it for everyone. But let me, let me just... If you if don't mind, indulge me a moment. Verses 1 and 2 from the letter that's just been handed to me. Dearest Neil and Jenny, I write to encourage you. As you must feel a bit of an outsider, moving to a village and living, you know, after living all those years in cities and suburbs, be encouraged. As the Father has chosen you and the Spirit has set you apart, you answered Jesus' call to sacrifice, motivated by the albeit infinitely greater sacrifice he made for you on the cross of Calvary. God bless you 
and give you daily reassurance that you're doing the right thing. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Pete. But I think that's a message not just for me. I think that's a message for everybody. Actually, I think if you're a Christian and you feel too comfortable in this world, I think there's something wrong, really. Because the message that Peter's got here, it rings true for me. We are aliens, was, was the phrase Mark used a couple of weeks ago. We are strangers. And that, that's, that carries on in the passage that Jenny read for us, doesn't it? In verse 17, he uses the word, they're foreigners. So if you today feel like a bit of an alien, you don't quite fit in this world, that's okay. That's probably the way it should be. Because your inheritance is so much greater. Your, your nationality is so much more than British. It is an eternal... You've got an eternal passport, folks. So don't worry if you're feeling a bit like you don't belong. I think that's a message for some people here. But for, as I say, for us, that, you know, and as I ripped off... Peter there, that really relates to us. We, we, you know, as Jenny said, we've moved to a new area. And although people have, have been so kind to us and so um, generous, we do feel like we've been thrust into another culture and we feel a bit like strangers and it's been a bit bewildering. So, so you know, to have words like that are a real encouragement to us. So I hope they are to you too. So that's the context. That's my first C. What's the second C was was the core message. So what, what, what's Peter saying to us as a result of that context? If you feel a bit like an alien right now, if you feel a bit bewildered by the circumstances, wondering what to do about viruses and Brexit and everything the world throws at you, don't worry, Jesus is coming. That's the core message of this, isn't it? Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. So despite a few thousand miles and a couple of thousand years, Peter's words have got relevance to us today. Now that kind of, you know... Peter goes on to develop that in, in verses um, 14 to 16, doesn't he? And he talks about the fact that, you know, what are we going to do as a result of feeling like this? Well, be pure. Well, okay, Peter, that's easier said than done. Purity, you know, is, is a tricky thing, isn't it? We don't feel pure all the time. We can easily allow our natural selves to bring us down. But this is a real call to roll up your sleeves, isn't it? As, as the message version says of verse, in verse 13, roll up your sleeves. This is not a, a passive purity. This is not an isolation thing. You know, we, you can't isolate yourself from the world. Paul, Peter, Paul, Peter is asking you to get out there and share this gospel message. And you are going to get grubby. You know, the world is going to rub off on you. So how do we keep pure in that situation? Now, I'm going to get dramatic here. I do apologize. John, I need to ask you to uh, stop recording for a moment. Verses 18 and 19, isn't it? 
For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Sorry, you can start recording again if you like. <laughs> Maybe we should do something crazy for the recording. I should say something random and you should all laugh. Like, um, uh, uh, don't, don't, so that's why we shouldn't put our cats on the conveyor belt. <laughs> okay, whatever. Seriously, back to the point. We have been redeemed by blood, which is less perishable than silver and gold. Hang on a minute, that's, you know, chemists in the room should be thinking, well, that's not right, is it? You know, gold, silver, they're, they're serious metal. Serious metal. And, but our, this blood of Jesus is heavier than heavy metal. <laughs> I like that. Jesus' blood is less perishable. It is more potent. It is more powerful. It is more pure than the purest gold. Well, of course that. We, of course it is. We know that is. 2,000 years later, we're still experiencing the power of his blood, aren't we? That gives us confidence in all these circumstances that get thrown at us. This is no ordinary blood. This is the blood of Jesus. Sorry, I just need to stop there and just pray for a second. Thank you, Lord, for your blood sacrifice at Calvary. Thank you for your upside-down kingdom, which, which reveals deeper truths than anything that the earth has, has ever known. That your blood is more potent, more powerful, more pure than the purest gold. It is worth more. Not just in this life, but worth more in eternity. It keeps us free from the ultimate virus. It sets us free from the ultimate virus, which is our human sin. Oh, thank you, God, that you've set us free by your blood. Amen. Peter goes on in confidence in verse 20, doesn't he? He's so confident now. He tells us God has got this thing. He's under control. Even though we might look around at the world and think, oh, this place is a mess and I don't know what he's doing right now. And I've got, you know, I'm in the middle of this really hard situation. He's saying to us, isn't he? God has got this thing. He was chosen before the creation of the world. Jesus, Jesus, the plan for Jesus to save us and to save the whole world was, was laid set in stone before the foundations of the earth. Put your faith and hope in God because of that. I've been reflecting a lot. Um, as it's lent on, on the idea of God, of Jesus being both God and man. I think we talk about that a lot, and, it, and you can get tied up in theological knots, can't you? What does that all mean? But of course, it's really important to us as Christians, and it is the whole ball game, isn't it? The, the, the idea that a man could die on a cross and his blood purifies the whole world is because that man was also God. And it's something that can blow our minds. But I like 
I like having my mind blown. So I've been thinking about this lately. So I start, I think when you do this, you start compartmentalizing, don't you? You start thinking about the times when Jesus was most godlike. You know, the resurrection, the transfiguration, the virgin birth. You know, then you start thinking about the times when he was most human. You know, the, when he cleared the temple and he, he, had, he, was, he was raging, wasn't he? In Gethsemane, when he was sweating blood and he was exhibiting classic symptoms of, of mental stress then, wasn't he? At Calvary, when he clearly bled like a human. And I think, you know, we could stop there and we could say, well, yes, of course, there's evidence there that Jesus was both God and man in, in the same place at the same time somehow. But actually, when you start to delve deeper and you look at each one of those situations, you start to realize that in the moments when Jesus appeared most human, God was, the, the God in him was still seeping through. And vice versa, when he appeared most godlike, the human was seeping through as well. They, they're intertwined in Jesus in, in an, an amazing way. The kind of stuff that just blows my mind. Let me, let me tell you, give you the examples that, that I'm thinking of. You know, like I said, in Gethsemane, I don't think we get any more human than that, do we? Jesus is, is tormented, he's sweating blood, he's, and he, his friends have, have fallen asleep, not realizing you know, what he's suffering. But yet, at the same time, he's got superhuman strength, hasn't he? He's the one who stays awake. He's the one who's alert. He's the one who, who can stay up all night. I can never do that. I'd be a wreck, you know. If those soldiers turned up to arrest me, I'd go, yeah, take me. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah, just let me sleep. But, you know, he was so mentally alert that he was able to control. He was still controlling that situation when those guards came to get him, wasn't he? You know? And, you know, Peter, our, our author today, he strikes off that, that guard's ear, and, and, and Jesus has got the, the, the mental sharpness to, to deal with that whole situation and the, uh, and the godlikeness to be able to, to restore that guy's ear in a miraculous way. God and man working perfectly, intertwined in, in the same person. I could go on and on and I won't, you know. That, you know, to me, the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced by Peter's words in this passage that, that the blood of Jesus is truly amazing blood. It's heavier than heavy metal. Oh, I'm going to take that one with me. <laughs> I think that's the way it is with the whole of the Bible, isn't it? The, it's such deep truth, it works on so many multiple levels. I could go on all day. I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to get away. I don't want to lose the core message and the challenge of this passage. I just want to emphasize it again. You know, the context here is that we are outsiders. We are still meeting when everyone's at home behind closed doors because we love each other and because we love Jesus. And yes, we're right to be concerned and we're right to be afraid of the unknown, but we've got an underlying confidence that Jesus is with us. And our core message is that he's coming again 
to put this thing right once and for all, to put an end to sin and viruses and political arguments and all that other stuff that just wastes our time and distracts us from the real purpose of why we're alive. He's coming back to take us home. And that's not something just to hope for in the future, is it? It's something that should motivate us now. Because the more we think about it, the more we draw close to him. And the more he's coming feels like it's getting closer. And the more we are prepared for it. And the more we are changed people. There's nothing wrong with being prepared, is there? So our challenge, the context, the core message, the challenge to see beyond our current circumstances. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. You know, whether you'll be meeting here next week, what we'll be doing. But let's see beyond those circumstances. Let's see that, that God is in control, you know, in overall control. And I know that some of you are going through situations where you feel like that isn't the case. And, and, and of course, we all do. And I don't want to belittle that at all. But God is in control. He will put things right. We, we just got to hang on to that sometimes. You know, and, and, and just constantly count our blessings, remind ourselves, and, and just look out for those places where he is at work, where when we are feeling our most human and vulnerable, there is God in the situation. Just as when we feel most holy, we get brought down to earth. I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel so, so privileged to be here today and so grateful. And I feel that, that, that God is here by his spirit. And I'm just so blown away by the songs. I didn't know what songs we were going to sing. Um, you know, my final point. Mentions a song lyric. And we're about to sing that very song. I didn't choose that. You know, the power of Jesus never ceases to amaze me. We've taken a 2,000-year-old message, and we've recognized that it's relevant to us today. It's part of a collection of letters that Peter probably never even thought would, would last this long, let alone be put in a book that's revered by millions of people. And these letters were only written because things were going wrong. But, you know, Peter was writing to... All of these letters are written for one of two reasons, aren't they? Either because the people were going off the rails, and Peter and Paul and the other writers and John were writing to try and get them back on track, or because they were struggling to survive in the face of opposition. That's the only reason these letters were written. They didn't expect these letters to last this long. But actually, that's the beauty, isn't it? This is the human condition. We do face challenges. We feel like we don't belong. We struggle. We go off the rails. We face opposition. But the key to our survival is that we're under no illusions about our own inadequacies and the fact that there's sin in the world, and the fact that bad stuff happens, 
But God's all-sufficient grace is greater than that. And when we sing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Told you. We glimpse the greater victory in an apparent defeat. Because there was no bigger defeat as far as the Romans were concerned. We're going to nail this guy to a cross and that will be the end of it. And nobody's going to be stupid enough to turn that into a religion, are they? It would be like wearing a, you know, it would be like wearing a, a, a electric chair around your neck, wouldn't it, every day, and glorifying capital punishment. They never saw it coming, did they, the Romans? Because God's got a different agenda. And we need to hang on to that. So, would you like to come up? As you do, let me, let me pray for everyone. Father, we thank you for your agenda. We thank you that you aren't restricted. We thank you that you aren't infected. We thank you that you are way above this circumstance, every circumstance. We thank you that you will have the victory. We thank you that we can build our hope on you because of that. Oh, Father, it's so good to be here today with my family. It's so good to be able to encourage them to just to hang on through this situation, through waiting for having a new minister come here to, to bless them. Lord, whatever goes on in our lives, you are in, in authority over it. And we build our hope on your blood and your righteousness. Amen.